welcome to episode 24 of We Don't Talk About The Weather, discussion that, to the uninitiated, may just seem like screaming and crying. I'm Adam, and this is Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk about what happened this week. And not much is happening at the moment, because yeah. we are deep into silly season, the where there's, there's the, everyone, all the politicians are on holiday. Mm-hmm. They're doing, you know... Where the fuck is Theresa May, by Ah, that's a disgusting story, actually. We yeah. go straight into that disgusting story. Yeah, sure. She's on a walking holiday in Italy. Okay. And there was, apparently, she... Can't the afford hotel, a car, she, no? <laughs> Can't afford an Uber. She was at... Um, she has a principled uh, opposition to Uber. Because <laughs> you know they don't pay their... Tra- <laughs> <laughs> um, she was... The hotel she was staying at, mm. the pianist in the hotel lobby or the... Yeah bar area recognised her and started playing God Save the Queen and apparently virtually everyone in the room stood up and sang and I vomited onto that my, sounds, my, my, that my sounds iPad at that like, point and then I couldn't read the rest of it. That what. sounds like the Marine having a go at the atheist professor and everybody standing up and clapping. Actually no it doesn't. Or having it a doesn't, go at No the... it doesn't. That sounds exactly like the kind of thing some obnoxious expat Tory would fucking do when he sees his queen. <laughs> Is there that big uh, an expat community in Italy that was in the specific part of Italy that she was going I know, to? I imagine, there's, I imagine there's a Is certain Puglia... section of British society that have stayed there since Operation Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> Is Puglia colonised by a load of XMI5? <laughs> but also, it, um, Lily would say, like, I'm pretty certain that she could be easily mistaken for the Queen if you're an expat yeah. and doesn't watch the news much. She's an old woman with, surrounded by um, British soldiers and she has an air of authority that you can't quite understand why. <laughs> that is baffling to any human who hasn't spent any time around those sources of authority. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so she's on a walking holiday. He, um, Jeremy Corbyn went to Czechoslovakia. Didn't he go to Cornwall? No, he, he went, I don't know. He he helped went someone, somewhere in Eastern Europe. He helped yeah. someone up uh, some stairs with a pram. Stole a baby, you mean? Yeah, I saw that's that. what I mean. I saw yeah, him stealing exactly a baby. I mean, yeah. 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 He stole a baby. He was stealing the baby to raise his own because he knows, as a canny political operator, that babies always do well in, uh, you know, if he's got a young baby. <laughs> it means you can't criticise him. I did on the NHS or anything like that. I did. <laughs> I did see a great um, the Blairite left left the Blairite part of the Labour Party. I think criticizing. Can, I think you can divide it down into you know the right Blairites and the left Blairites. You know, yeah. There's probably a slight difference. There's probably a very slight difference. Yeah, um, but there was their complaints about Jeremy Corbyn helping a helping a mum with her pram up the stairs. Oh was my god! A picture of Stalin with a child, and it's like. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Yeah. It's exactly the same. But by that logic, every picture of somebody with a child is a picture of... Maybe it is. Maybe every picture of somebody with a child is a picture of Stalin with a child. Everyone's like Stalin. Literally everyone. Everybody is Stalin. You see, if someone... Stalin was inside you all along. Never trust any of your friends when they've just had a kid and they show you baby pictures. Yeah. They're obviously just like Stalin. It's a bit Freudian, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so he went somewhere in Eastern Europe. Okay. I don't know where he is now. Um, and I don't know where the rest of them are. I saw Stella Creasy's on holiday in Northern Ireland. It's not really a holiday. She's telling them to sort out abortion. Um, <laughs> and she had to have, she had to have like security and stuff, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's nice to see that she's doing something good. Yeah. Also, but you know, it's a good thing to do. <laughs> it is actually a good thing to do. She's one of those people like, um, I'm going to be moving into her constituency soon. Mm. Um, in the next few weeks and uh, nice to like try and figure out it's very difficult to figure out like she seems like a typical kind of oh came from a think tank came from she was um, a PR agent for the scouts for a while Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think what PR for scouting. Yeah. Scouting. Yeah, we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> scouting. We're not technically an army. <laughs> <laughs> Except in emergency situations. Born on the tradition of dancing to trick boers. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the, yeah, that was the Mafeking thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was um, when, what was his name? Baden Powell. Baden Powell, he was yeah. under siege. And so he organised all the people in the town to like put on plays and stuff to trick the Boers into thinking that there were more soldiers there. Well, they to trick the Boers into thinking that reinforcements were coming because obviously they wouldn't be putting on plays and stuff if they were about to die. Full disclosure, I was a scout for uh, pretty much my entire childhood and adolescence. I went all the way through that whole thing. Yep. Right? I had a really good time. You're I a troop. Thought, I thought it was great. I was, yeah, my troop. You are a troop. Patrol. <laughs> um, and that story never kind of, like when I've actually like read up about the Boer War, that never really sat right with me because the Boers, the Boer War where the Boers fought the British army, hmm. the Boers were a guerrilla army. Yeah. And thus attacked forces that were larger than themselves in irregular fashion. They didn't fight pitch They didn't battles. really siege. They they didn't, siege I mean, they didn't do siege and they weren't that afraid of superior numbers. Yeah, because How everyone had a superior How does that help you number? in a guerrilla war? Because they were fighting a regular army, of course. They always had, they were always like mm. less in, like less numerically. So you think that that's, it's a, it's a lie. It's a lie to cover up what actually Baden Powell did was actually the scout movement were the original guards of the concentration camps we built for the Boers. And they used to sing and perform for them. And it carries on to tradition much today where parents are locked in and trapped into seeing horrible performances. <laughs> There's a long-standing tradition. It's that I got my tower building badge along with everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Your gas chamber badge. You know, they didn't you, have gas chambers. you learn how to knit barbed wire and then you pass it on to the younger members. And yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. Yeah. How to, how to break the will of people. Did, did you get a badge for breaking will? <laughs> it never quite went down like that. <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah. scouts. Oh yeah, because um, Salacrisi, yeah. So yeah, she's Salacrisi. PR for scouts. Yeah. So she's part of the lie, the conspiracy about scouts. <laughs> She's just trying to uh, salvage some of that timber mm-hmm. that they burned <laughs> on parade day <laughs> to build new towers. <laughs> what I was saying was that I could not work out exactly where she's coming from. A bit like Jess Phillips, except she's less mouthy than Jeff, Jess Phillips. Yeah. She's less like prone to, to, to go off mm. in strange tangents. She's got a particular, like, she's got a, like, a definite Blairite. Angle the thing that, that I'll she say for it, she's not as stupid as Jess Phillips. Yeah, that's true. Jess Phillips is actually not very smart. Well, person. Jess Phillips, my suspicion is that she is just doing this to as a kind of not vanity project exactly, but she's doing it to get because she's already done her book. Hmm. She's already like done her biography or, or her these things, I believe, hmm. um, like tour. Hmm. And I'm not entirely sure. Like everyone, like a lot of MPs now, they have like they they are kind of like charity organisers in that they have one particular cause that they're yeah. really passionate about and Jess Phillips did some stuff on like uh, battered women's shelters domestic violence things like that that's all good I can't I'm not going to go off on well, no, you're not going to complain about that um, but I don't know what she's for Hmm. I don't know what she is like. You can um, you can do that outside of being an MP. Yeah. I don't see what being an MP adds to your pet your particular I think, cause. I think it's one of the problems with the kind of revolving door thing and the way MPs are now 
is that it is a really good platform. Like, Stella Creed is doing a lot of stuff about abortion at the moment. Yeah. And it's probably one of the best platforms for making mm. actual change. Actually um, good, yeah. But the thing is, as an MP, that isn't your only job. Yeah. You're part of the political infrastructure. Yeah. You're not the head of a charity that campaigns for abortion. Yeah, that's the know? kind of thing that traditionally, like in America, the First Lady would be doing mm. or something like that, which is also a thing that I have a problem with, like the notion of the First Lady doing stuff. Yeah. She should be at home. <laughs> no, she shouldn't be doing anything at fucking all. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. Stella Creasy, she's on the right. She's pro-war. Mm. That's why I don't like about her. That's what I There's mean. There's that like, stuff that came out about sure how her parents control the local constituency Labour Party. Oh, right, okay. And um, Squawk Box, that was, like, I'm not sure how true it is, but... Yeah, Squawk Box is one of those, like the yeah, Canary, but... it's like, it's... it's. Well, if yeah, I, I, I don't, don't, I don't think, I'm not going to say that it's it's not true. I'm not going to completely say that it's 100% true. It sounds kind of believable. I mean, that's what, it's one of the things that, like, you need a, an actual media outlet for, hmm. is... Being able to divine those things because, like, crawling through Wikipedia links to find yeah. offhand comments in an interview in the Independent in like 2008, mm. it just doesn't cut it after a while, mm. you know. And you then can't make, you know, standout declarations like this person is is this thing, yeah, you know. But yeah, so um, and yeah, actually, but Stella Creasy has she's glared at me more yep. than once. She glared to be at, fair, everyone glares at you. Yeah. In public, anyway. To be fair, the, the last time she glared at me, at that right was now. entirely my fault. I was walking with one of our friends, and I was complaining <laughs> about the Labour Party and how disgusting it is. Um, <laughs> it's a while ago. It's before thinking, Another one lost to you, Kip. Um, yeah, she was straight. She was directly mm. in front of me. She mm. <laughs> gave me quite the quite the death glare. It's like, ah, oh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> And she, and that same friend, she glared at uh, about a week ago because she was having photos done in the middle of Walthamstow, mm-hmm. and he was sitting, being disgusting, eating in the spot where she wanted to have a photo taken. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, so that's where she's on her holiday. She's yeah. on her holidays in um, in Ireland. But yeah, they're all doing fuck all. So you don't really get any good news. You don't get any like proper news stuff. You happening. don't. Get, there's stuff happening, but it doesn't. As yeah. I say, it doesn't get. Um, reported on in the length and detail to which yeah. you would be able to <laughs> construct a bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but then, yeah. then, you know, because silly season culminates in around like the, it's like towards the end of August when all the all the results come in for GCSE and A-levels and all the schools start pimping out the prettiest students. To, like, oh, the yeah, the triplets, trip. the A-level triplets. Yeah, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's... Ugh, it's a disgusting time of year. <laughs> it's a disgusting time of year where the Daily Mail can have even more... Um, story headlines with words like budding in yeah. and things like that where it's like look at this girl she's going she's got like three, four, a, three, stars. A, level, three a stars and she's going off to Cambridge and look at her waistline oh yeah do you remember when your wife used to look like that <laughs> the Daily Mail does <laughs> fucking, hell, fucking <laughs> mail. it's fucking but disgusting yeah. but that's also why we're getting so much attention in the press at the moment on Foreign Tennis Affairs. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, so this is what we... We've got an update from last week's topic. We're not mm. going to go into the... Obviously, we went into the kind of internal Ooh, dynamics shit. of what's going but on. Also, before we go on to Venezuela, there oh, is yeah. one thing I wanted to say, and that is Macron is now hate, more hated in France than Trump is in America. <laughs> Since Macron has been president, in the first month, his approval ratings went down 10%. In the second month, 8%. And in this last month, 7% mm-hmm. he went down. He is very quickly becoming one of the most hated men in France. So what you're saying is the decline is slowing. <laughs> yes, yeah, soon he's on the up. 
Macron is the a president c- on the grow. This centrist resurgence can't be stopped. His <laughs> approval rating is is dropping by a decreasing amount. <laughs> it's got a flat line eventually, the new slogan of the Lib Dems. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Venezuela. Yeah, so uh, we went into kind of the internal dynamics of the Venezuelan crisis last week a, uh, a bit, you know, as much as we can do by yeah. uh, uh, boning up on it. Um, this week has been much more of a the UK focus. It's come up about uh, with Labour MPs and Tory MPs uh, condemning uh, Jeremy Corbyn for not condemning <laughs> the violence in Venezuela, which he then did. And then they said, no, not that. You've got to condemn it, the things that you've we... You've got to condemn specific, got, only the government. You've got to condemn the things that we don't like. It's, um, John Prescott was actually pretty good on Twitter. Yeah. Said um, the, the Labour politicians who are, con- who are part of the, that group on condemning Venezuela. Yeah, there's three of them. Just looking at... Um, look, just, he just did a little search to see how often they've mentioned Venezuela in their times as MPs. This is the first time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just it's that thing I saw it going it was going around on Twitter. Yeah. In this country, if people are looting yeah. and like steal a bit of milk mm. during the riots, then they are disgusting monsters and it's a symptom Who of should like go a go to kid. prison yeah. for two to three years. As they did. Yep. After whereas, the London riots. Whereas in Venezuela, they're just you know, they're hanging black people. <laughs> they're plucky Democrats. They're throwing hanging... firebombs into into um um hospital wards and shit like that. And they're just, you know, they just want free and fair elections. <laughs> like the ones they had. And Brazil condemning them. Yeah. Brazil with their unelected president who was put there. By a judicial coup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it's, again, I've got this kind of suspicious feeling about it because it's, not only is it public action about People having a go at Jeremy Corbyn for not condemning something. I'm not sure what he's supposed to condemn. He's supposed to condemn the state violence. He's supposed to condemn the he's state. He's supposed to distance himself entirely from the from from um, the project Chavis- itself. Chavismo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Bolivarian Revolution. Yeah, um, that's what they want. And it came across at the same time as a concerted effort among a lot of liberal or nominally left wing uh, pundits. Producing things saying, Jeremy Corbyn, we need to talk about Venezuela. You know, yeah. shit like that. Like um, Nick Cohen's doing this thing. He reposted that article where he, that article he wrote a while ago about um, how left-wingers who go on holiday to places like Venezuela are no different to sex tourists. Yeah, he did that a while ago, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. but he, he resold that article. Fuck's sake. Because, you know, mm. he's a disgusting man. But they've got like... Um... And a stupid man. <laughs> There was an article in the Independent because um, it, it's it's a bundle of things. Not only are they running their typical kind of, um, they're running the 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 dictator narrative, yeah. which is Maduro's a dictator. He runs a, an unequal economic system, and now people are rioting because it's failed, and there's no food or medicine, and you shouldn't prop him up. Which yeah. is exactly the same narrative as they did in Tunisia, Libya, Syria, mm. Iraq. It's the same playbook, except Maduro was elected. Yep. He's he's not a dictator. He's taking... No. I mean, I'm not going to say I agree with everything that he's done. Mm. But 
I'm not also I also was desperately trying to avoid saying that whole sentence because now is <laughs> kind of the time for the solidarity with at the very least the project that the Bolivarian Revolution was trying yeah, to My only problem with accomplish. it is it's not left wing enough. There's still billionaires and well not billion I don't know if there's billionaires. Actually, there are there are two there are two billionaires in Caracas, um, both telecommunications, which means they own the T V stations. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, um but there's a there's a lot of kind of conflating going on as well. Mm. So um, there was one article in the Independent, um, the great socialist experiment in Venezuela, which Labour admires so much. I mean, I'm not sure that all of Labour do, but no, anyway, not. hasn't delivered equality except in the sense that everyone, apart from the elite, goes hungry. Not mentioning the fact that the elite is actually the capitalist elite, not the elite of the party. Yeah, it's the capitalist elite who, and it is their protesters who are burning food trucks. Yeah, and you could also say that about this country. <laughs> they're just it's they're running the same. They're running the same line, there the is, same anti-communist line, yeah, anti-socialist line. And there is line. a part of me that, well, it's a part of, I imagine, a lot of people who listen to this podcast that are immediately distrustful over any narrative portray, any narrative from the West about a country with the largest oil yeah, reserves yeah, in the world. Yeah. There's something really unsettling about, you're like, I've seen this. You follow the logic. I've of, watched this film before and I didn't like it last time. I think the next time that there is some kind of um, uprising in, you know, a, a Western country in, in Paris or in London or in America, somewhere like that, they should, you know, they should fully follow this line through, which is if you're hungry, you are entirely legitimately allowed to use violence to redress your grievances. You're I just think to, it, you're allowed to set off IEDs on, yeah, um, for the police. You're allowed to set off IEDs in front of the police. You're allowed to attack military bases. Hmm. Um, you're allowed to steal weapons and uh, you're allowed Helicopters to and grenades. appeal to um, foreign governments for money. Yeah. Um, what I, it's, this, it's this kind of attempt, obviously I don't believe all that because, you know, I don't, I don't believe that that's entirely, I believe that's partially what's going on in Venezuela, hmm. but I also don't believe that they will follow through on that line. What comes out of it, what I kind of always feel like is that they're trying to... They're trying to make every conflict, social conflict, mm. one that's on some kind of even terrain. So every social conflict is exactly the same and it's exactly how we say it is. So it's always yeah. an oppressor. They don't say how mm. they oppress against, uh, uh, against the oppressed. And they don't ever care to categorise beyond those two dynamics. There's goodies and there's baddies. Yeah. Um, they don't apply this equally, obviously. They no. don't see what happens in Saudi Arabia as oppression. They don't see what happened in Chile as oppression. They don't see any of that. Um, and it's this attempt, again, to try and say, well, you're either on this side or you're yeah. a disgusting monster. And I'm sorry, like, it's not... I don't, I don't think he's a monster, aside no. from anything, but he's using um, troops and police to defend something that I politically agree with. And that's what it is. Like, hmm. I support the Maduro um, government hmm. because it aligns closely with what I would, the kind of measures I would like to see in my own country hmm. and in other countries because I'm a socialist. Well, it's, it's just a difference in, like, we've had it really recently, in the difference the way the protests in Hamburg were covered. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And... Yeah, and that that just says it's like I just I don't I don't trust, and I'm I, yeah I'm on the side of the Bolivarian experiment. I definitely don't want there to be another um, Pinochet. Yeah, it's just the and that's what will happen. It will be Pinochet. It'll yeah. be Pinochet again. But it's the and it'll be worse this time because he'll be given big fancy state visits. Yeah, it's the whole kind of yeah murderous dictator. He's elected. Hmm. He's waging war on his own people. 
that's another thing because he's clearly not there's a significant yeah. amount of support for him evidenced by the fact that he's won a series of elections yeah. himself and Chavez won elections before him. Well, yeah, it was that thing that Chavez used to do whenever um, like America would start shooting their mouths off. He'd have another election and then yeah. laugh. Yeah, it's just like kind of trying to reduce it to, well, there's a good side and a bad side. And mm. if you're on the bad side, you don't have to be listened to. Yeah. Whereas actually what it is, is all states do this. All states have that innate, I'm saying right, because it's 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 a complicated thing to say a state has a right but all states have the have the ability mm. to defend themselves against somebody who would like to overthrow them yeah that is that's undisputed that just happens that's like mm. that is a thing that happens in all in all states yeah but whether you agree with it or not is a political choice you mm. can politically choose that thing you can be against violence nobody wants to see violence but if well you know um, <laughs> you shook, shook your head at me there. That's it's kind of the angry Welshman. Come out. <laughs> um, nobody wants to. Nobody wants to see experience or see other people the victim of, of violence. But yeah. at the same time, it happens everywhere. It's yeah. always happening everywhere. And I would rather see it in service to a cause that ultimately I believe would be better for the vast, vast majority of. Well, humanity. One of the things that the Venezuelan opposition want to do mm. is sell off a bunch of social housing. Mm. It's just like the fuck. After the Chavismo government actually, you know, uh, would use eminent domain to seize um, empty office blocks to house the homeless. Yeah. Set up um, rural kind of uh, supermarkets and things mm. like that, assure access to food. And the thing that they're undergoing now is a is a capitalist shock. Yeah. It's the shock of oil prices being low, mm. it being their primary export. Mm. I mean, prime like countries like Venezuela were engineered to have one particular Well yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of them the third world is you have a cash crop. It's what led to the um the potato famine. Yeah. It's what it's what leads to all capitalist mm. food crises is when they like um one of the things that happens in Bolivia it was like a yeah. like um all around the Andes, where quinoa comes from, mm. and they've got mass their massive crisis of there isn't enough anymore because it's become their cash crop, and they're all the West of oil. Yeah, there's starting to be problems in I think Mexico. Yes, with them running out of avocados. Yeah, mm. it's it's a problem with imperialism. It's a problem with imperialism and a problem with capitalism. So mm. kind of criticizing it, saying he it's his fault. Mm is kind of disingenuous. That said, from what I have read, there is a significant amount of corruption. Hmm. And as we say, there are still billionaires. There are are still people. They they haven't changed the social structure. Well, there's the thing with... Behind the way that economy works. The thing with the criticising Corbyn, though, Hmm. is... Because he came out and he said that he, he denounced violence on both sides. Yeah. And he has before said that when you denounce violence on both sides you're siding with the oppressor yeah yes um so he's been a bit hypocritical i think it is because he's he said that because it's the only thing i don't say i think realistically he's on the side of the government i I would say that yeah because but he's doing the similar thing to the ira he had a sympathy Mm. with Mm. the legitimate again it's it's not about positioning. It's about looking at the sides in a fucking horrific thing. Yeah. And what do you want to see out of it? That's actually the honest human approach. Mm. 
It's not about positioning yourself so that you don't have ever have to deal with any of the icky details mm. of what real life is like. Because that's what this does. It completely avoids any of the discussion of the social dynamics or the, the economic dynamics of what has gone on. It's almost like pointless to talk whether, about whether he's mismanaged the economy because other countries have been fully hyper-capitalist, even democratic, yeah. and have gone through exactly the same thing. Yeah. With some... Um... Yeah. It's just it's it's disingenuous for especially members of the Labour Party to try and get their leader to apologize <laughs> for something bad that they not said but did in the past. Completely unrelated, uh Tony Blair this week uh it turns out he will not face prosecution for his role in the Iraq war. Give it time. Um a Supreme Court judge uh, it was a, an Iraqi general tried to bring a private war crimes prosecution against him. And uh, he said that there was no crime of aggression in English law under which the former Prime Minister could be charged. So that's all right. The Labour Party has nothing to apologise for. <laughs> Dirtbag. Yeah. There's, a, there's just a weird thing, like, from the UK perspective, it's the same shit that they've tried to hit him with before, and he's going to yeah. come out with the same defence that has actually worked pretty well for him before. Nobody yeah. actually believes he's an... He's an but also, he is now wants the IRA to start up bombing again. And since all this has started... Um, and it's be- well, it's been going on for a while, mm. the stuff in um, Venezuela. But since it's become part of the news, there's been I think there's been two local council elections. Yeah. Each one has seen Labour with um, massively yeah. increased voting. Mar- uh, Thanet uh, East or Margate, somewhere, somewhere like that. Somewhere like that. An ex UKIP councillor got dethroned. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just shows also the vast majority of British people. Yeah, they couldn't give less of a fuck about Venezuela. Yeah. Ultimately, that's also true. Yeah. I think, like, in a larger sense as well, um, the whole kind of trying to force him into these kind of moral, these very, very black and white, simple moral questions Mm. on their terms Mm. is a kind of gatekeeping thing as well. It's they're trying to get him to be, in quotes, unquote, sensible. Yeah. They're trying to get him to say the sensible thing. Yeah, they want So him. they're trying to kind of get him into that... Well, new... they want him to say is, I'm sorry, I'm Blair now. They're tr- yeah, they're trying to get him into that imperialist thing so that they can report like they're used to reporting mm. on Miliband or Cameron or whoever mm. in order to, you know, yeah, make him straight, make him yeah. sensible. You know? It's a... It's fucking cult-like. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, Next topic. Speaking. Hang of... on. Before we go to that Sorry, next topic, on. there's a thing. There's a thing that's happened on the new. That I saw on the news today. There was a study mm. about um, life expectancy. Did you see the life? Expectancy I didn't see thing? that. No. Um, life expectancy is you're significantly more likely to die as a young man in the north than you are in the south. Yes. And yeah. like that's been true for a very long time. Yes. Yeah. Um, suicide is becoming a much bigger problem mm. but there was um on channel 4 news today sorry they had the border yeah of where like where the shift happens yeah and the border is exactly along the same lines as the picture i sent you earlier this week of the old boundaries oh. going back 2000 <laughs> years of where where what would be considered like wales the celtic welsh yeah, yeah. yeah. and where was like england and it's um if you draw a line from like the seven to the humber yeah like diagonally and it's something really revolting about how everything in this country is still divided on those lines. On that that one very specific line. For 2,000 years. 
was it? I was watching like a Jonathan Meads thing. It reminded me of that. John, mm. uh, there's a Jonathan Meads program where he talks about Birmingham and he's talking about the sarcasm line. So the difference in English, the way English is used in the yeah. British, in the British Isles between um, the South and the North. So mm. the North have more kind of straight, direct speech, mm. use less um, sarcasm, less uh, irony, less illusion, allu- mm. um, and the South uses all those things. And Birmingham, it goes somewhere through Birmingham, but yeah, it's the same line. <laughs> yeah. It's. Grim. It was a thing that was just making me like, oh, lovely today. Mm. But anyway, and that was I was was thinking it was thinking with like um, with regards to people talking about Venezuela being a failed state. It's like yeah. you still haven't dealt with this horrible inequality issue that's been there for a long time <laughs> yeah. in this country. But yes, but um on to the people who cause this inequality. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna do speaking of cult inductions, um <laughs> there's a fucking hilarious story about um so the Tories have been looking for ways to kind of mimic Jeremy Corbyn's cult success. Yep. Um, over the last, since they uh, since the election, we've had Mogmentum, we've had Vince Cable really is going to appeal to young people, um, and now we have um, the Conservative answer to Glastonbury. Fantastic. Um, so an MP, otherwise known as Glastonbury. <laughs> Glastonbury. Um, George Freeman, who's an MP from Norfolk. He chairs yeah, um, Theresa May's uh, policy board. Um, came up with the idea to create a Glastonbury, but for Tories. <laughs> See, the best thing about that is he's like MP from Mid Norfolk. Yeah. So, and in Mid Norfolk, that's it's near where um, where Holly's family are from. Mm. Um, so it's got like Deerham and places like that. Yeah. Norfolk has a lot of pig farms. Yeah. Just all, it's all I'm going to snigger about is you know Tory festival <laughs> pig farms. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. I'm not saying Cameron fucked the pig. I'm just heavily alluding to it. <laughs> um, Organisers of a new Conservative Ideas Festival are hoping to revive the spirit and popular appeal of Theresa May's party after its battering in June's election. Yep. Um, why is it just the left who have all the fun in politics, he said after Mr Corbyn's appearance. <laughs> after, after Mr Corbyn goes through yet another week of being constantly abused on, <laughs> on the media. Um, the Conservative MP, who's widely seen as a centrist, recently emailed potential supporters saying his idea for a right-wing festival seems to have struck a chord and that he had some wonderful offers of hope and sponsorship from venues. Um, so... So he'll be playing there, like Frank Turner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank Turner and uh, Phil Collins. <laughs> all, the, all the hits. Oh, um, Figgy, um, oh, it's going to drive me around to bed. Rod Stewart. Yeah. He's a Tory. Um, whoever... Uh, what's his name from Roxy Music? Um, Brian. Is he Brian Ferry? Brian Ferry. Oh yeah, huge hunting hunting Tory fox hunting. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> like did the whole um, uh, mimicking David Bowie um, thing and saying that the Nazis were terrible, but they had really well designed aesthetics. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, his son was that one who um, uh, broke into well uh, came into the Houses of Parliament and threw um, flour at Tony Blair. Do you remember? Oh my god. Yeah. Uh. Uh, but yeah, so Tory, so you know, Tory Glastonbury. I've always yeah. had his festival. Yep. I'm gonna keep on doing this, complaining about festivals I don't like. I'll be fair. Most festivals. Yeah. Like most festivals now, they're so fucking expensive. And yeah. They're so like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> is there any way this doesn't end with somebody setting a giant owl idol on fire? <laughs> um. Well, that's a liberal thing, isn't it? The um that. Festive, that um, weird literary thing. Oh, the, bo- the Bohemian Grove. Yeah, that's a liberal. Oh, no, 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 no. That's like Nixon, Kissinger. The Bohemian, if you don't know. The yeah, Bohemian, liberals. 
Yeah. <laughs> From my perspective, yeah. The Bohemian Grove um, thing is like a big conspiracy theory, very popular it's among Alex. Conspiracy Alex's theory. Among Alex, well, no, the yes. the stuff around it is conspiracy theory. The act is not. It's like a secret club set up by like in the twenties by gadabout aristos yeah. in America to um, basically like mimic all the stuff they did in public school so yeah. they like put on plays yeah. and they wear women's clothing and then it all culminates in this huge like pseudo-pagan thing where they burn a giant paper owl mm. or wooden owl in the middle of the woods and conspiracy theories like Alex Jones Alex Jones has broken into the grounds of this big uh, encampment a number <laughs> of times and filmed um it's a favourite of right-wing conspiracy theorists that say, "Ah, well, this is the blood. This is the uh, the blood it's where they fuck all the kids. The blood ritual that they fuck all the kids and they eat all the cum and they, uh, you know, sacrifice to Moloch." Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, which sounds about right. And there's no way that this Tory festival is going to be anything different. Um, well, the thing is, I don't think this Tory festival is going to happen because they already said they're going to have to keep it secret where it's going to be. Yeah. There'll be a private inv- invite-only affair mm-hmm. of about two hundred people. And just like Glastonbury, and they're never going to tell anyone what, where what, what happened. Although what this, what's going to happen is it's not going to happen, mm. but they're going to say it happened, and it was brilliant, and loads of people love Theresa May. So it's ju- it's just a Tory retreat, it's Tory conference. <laughs> yeah. It's Tory conference, but with glamping <laughs> and pig fucking. Um, one Conservative MP said the idea was very trendy, but he. <laughs> It's trendy, like those high-top shoes the kids are all talking about. He said it was very. The idea was very trendy, but would need a lot of expensive booze for him to attend. <laughs> I imagine there'll be a lot of expensive booze around two hundred Tory activists. Yeah, that and the masks. Yeah, for when they close the barn doors and they'll fuck each other like um, uh, uh, eyes wide shut. Do you reckon their masks they like they're passed down from like father to son? It's like ah, my this is family how I have met been, your mother. <laughs> my family have been banging wearing this mask going back generations. My ancestor came over with the Normans wearing it. <laughs> that's how my that's how my great 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 grandfather met met his wife. Oh, I've got my my cray my war stories from when I went to the uh, the Tory Glastonbury, the Tory <laughs> conference in Glastonbury. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, oh, I, I I just love it. But if they do do it, it gets hunsabbed. <laughs> I shotgunned two bottles of port and then fucked an intern. <laughs> Shotgunning a bottle of port, <laughs> glass drill at the top. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tory Glastonbury's gonna be shit. Yeah, it's gonna be like that. If it's just yeah, it's, it seems just like another one of those kind of faded pre-2008 ideas like in the thick of it you know where you toss the ball around and come up with an idea <laughs> except the ball is a nine year old boy <laughs> would you be an effigy of Margaret Thatcher that 200 Tory activists all fuck and then they set on fire at the end <laughs> we're getting rid of our cares <laughs> yeah I mean they have that kind of thing in America don't they like the political like the the conservative events in America do seem to be a bit more kind of high energy let's say Whereas all the Tory events here are very, very fucking drained. Yeah, well, they've, you know? you know, they've been in charge for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> a thousand years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I just can't, I can't imagine any kind of ending without, you know, somebody, they close the barn doors and then at the end everyone comes out all fucking closed, torn off, all their masks hanging off, <laughs> having fucked themselves into oblivion. Somebody just goes, the aristocrats! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's all it is. It's a really long. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get trendy because we just watched that Aristocrats film with Penn and Teller. <laughs> God, 
okay, so next up we have the uh, the fake MP news. Um, so I didn't see anything about this. So this was like a. I, this was while I was researching that like Blue Labour Poldark thing last oh, yeah. week. Um, I was reading that, and um, apparently there's a, a an art student from Goldsmith who went on Twitter and started pretending to be the MP for Deptford and Greenwich, hmm. which is a constituency that doesn't exist. Hmm. It's uh, Deptford and Lewisham, I think, and Greenwich and somewhere else. Okay. Um, so she put this thing up on Twitter and started tweeting saying she was the first socialist. She's a socialist party member but also a Labour Party member. Mm. Okay. Um, and she started tweeting about her constituency. Which Socialist Party? The Socialist Party. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't... I need to go back into kind of minor left-wing parties. I cannot remember what they're, whether they're good. I think they're all right. All right. I think they're all right. All but right. then that's the, that's the horrible thing about discussing kind of low-level left-wing parties. It's like you have to go, are they, you know, all right? <laughs> are they all right or have they covered up abuse? Yeah. <laughs> are they all right or are they in favour of global nuclear warfare? <laughs> What's their line on Syria? Oh, right, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> How many paintings of, of um, Saddam Hussein do they have in their offices? <laughs> if it's only less than five, not for me. <laughs> um... So she went on Twitter. Um, she's run as a parliamentary candidate before for the TUSC, but she's an art, arts uh, student at Goldsmiths. Um, she started um, kind of tweeting out constituency surgery times and uh, started promising kind of pop- properly left-wing policies, uh, you know, higher minimum wage, rent caps, um, clamping down on um, tax evade and eva- tax evasion. Um, and then Vicky Foxcroft, the actual Labour MP for Lewisham and Deptford, um, reported her to um, Twitter and reported her to the Parliament Security Operations Centre <laughs> for using the uh, portcullis oh my God. symbolism and tweeting out the surgery. She said, From a casework perspective, I think this is extremely irresponsible, Miss Fox, Fox, Foxcroft said. God damn it, my words. As an MP, I deal with thousands of constituents with emergency cases, some of them very serious issues on housing or immigration. If they, were attended, if they were to attend the advice surgeries that have been advised on the website, the details of which look to be copied from my own website, it would be a breach of data protection and it could cause harm and delay to the constituent cases. Um, she kind of, she got expelled from the Labour Party. The, uh, Anna, she was called Anna Key MP. Okay. <laughs> uh, real name, Ellen Kenyon Piers. Um, she um, got chucked out of the Labour Party. Um, the account's been suspended on Twitter. Um, it's all, uh, yeah, it's all come like that. But I quite, I quite like the idea well, of everybody they, pretending to be MPs. It's a man, good fucking way. If this, if this Corbyn thing like goes up the shitter, then but mm, Momentum didn't complain about all the stupid, unfunny, fake Momentum Twitter accounts. Yes, but they don't have the power of the United Kingdom Armed Forces. At their I think they court. just couldn't give a fuck and they, they were incredibly <laughs> unfunny. Um, as a side note, Vicky Foxcroft was the person who nominated Owen Smith during his leadership challenge a lot. <laughs> so just a little... So she's know. got terrible taste. Yeah. Uh, I quite like the idea though. Like it's one of the... It's like my... In my like fantasy politics hmm. and it seemed like a fantasy until the Corbyn thing. If the Corbyn thing goes under, then setting up an alternative party and setting up an alternative movement, actually that kind of works what would what would be the response if you tried to set up like a not the you just like, start doing the stuff people's to help assembly people or a, a, a people's um thing like that if you set up a substitute 
um, social services. Like a, a political party that starts um, social services and like um, like food banks and stuff like that. Yeah. You mean kind of like the Black Panthers? <laughs> yes. Well, yes. Like yeah. I, think, I mean exactly that. Yeah. yeah. Because it seems Can't like call it the White Panthers. It's no. <laughs> You're too bold to be the head of a group called the White Panthers. You look too much like a scary skinhead. <laughs> well, the White Panthers that, just that, the uh, that, White Panthers. That Nordic of the Black... League tattoo on your neck. Yeah, <laughs> my Thor's hammer pendant. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, the White Panthers? They were just the white members of the Black Panthers. They were. Um, there was a, there was there was a group called the White Panthers that were it, yeah they believed the same stuff because mm. um, I think the bloke who founded it asked you Peter what should. I do as a as a as a white ally. He's like, just set up your own one. Yeah, like do this good stuff. Yeah, yeah. go do stuff. Um, and yeah, and he became and he became Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that man. <laughs> that man was Sebastian Gorka. <laughs> um, he liked the Panthers. He stayed for the white. <laughs> um, no, yeah. apparently the White Panthers were very good. I shouldn't. They were they, no, no. It's not like it's just a sketchy name because anything with white in the name sounds sketchy. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a good, it sounds like a, a legitimately like good idea. Just everybody, if you're going to set up an alternative system, start setting up the alternative system without actually asking anybody. Yeah, we've we have kind of got strung up on the parliamentary power, and obviously it's still yeah. like the 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 safest and the most logical route to go down right now. Mm. But maybe in the future, if it isn't, you know, mm. uh, set up alternative MPs. Yeah, or not Can you imagine if you, parliament, just... you set up alternative constituencies, you elect. Uh, representatives. I mean, uh, you'd have to call it something other than Soviets. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> I Would mean, I? <laughs> just for optics. <laughs> Do I care? <laughs> Do I like those optics? <laughs> yeah, I like it very much. <laughs> But that's like that's a good participatory. And then everyone would turn action, on me. But the first thing I do is after I get enough money together to do my first good thing, I just erect a statue of me made of bronze. <laughs> yeah. A statue of me made of solid gold that rotates to face the sun, like the Turkmenistan. Let me tell you, you will be up in front of the charity association like that. <laughs> <laughs> like was it Bats and Jammer? It took them years to get her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like I get. I, Unsurprisingly, MPs don't have a sense of humour. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it seems dumb to do that while you're um, also uh, joining Momentum and as a member of the Socialist yeah, Party. Yeah, I think like, if, I was, one or the other. if I was in, like, a Tory constituency that I hated, I think that'd be a fine thing to do. Yeah. Except I wouldn't do it as a joke. You'd have to do it as collective action, though. You yeah. wouldn't be able to just do it on your own. Which no, this, she was trying to kind of pass it off as this was an art project. And, in fact, there was an article on the Socialist Party website that, like, yeah, oh, they cracked down on an art project. It's mm. like, she was probably doing it for a laugh, which mm. is, like, half of art project anyway. But yeah. <laughs> half an art project, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And what's... On to our final thing. So, our final segment for today. Uh, so, this is our cultural Marxism segment for this week. Yeah. Um, we both watched Diana in her own words. Yeah. I was super excited about it. Yeah. I, you know, after all the stuff about the horrible things that are going to come out, the deeply personal stuff, I thought there was going to be a lot more stuff about banging. Uh, I wanted see. lots about banging. Um it didn't have that tone, did it? But it had enough. Yeah, I wanted to like proper sneer mm. and giggle my ass off. Um, <laughs> but mainly, it seemed like Charles is a prick. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, 
because they were trying to the royal family were trying to get them not to air it because it was based on well, it was based on uh, outtakes and rushes from the Martin Bashir interview and well, there was, and stuff with her voice coach. Yeah, there was um this the stuff of her voice coach was shown in America in like two thousand seven. Yeah, but was never shown here. Not because they put like a D notice or anything like fancy like that. Just they just told they just asked the BBC and Channel Four and ITV just not to do it. Yeah, and they just did it. Ask stroke told them. Yeah, but they, it's it's so. I think it's it's more insidious that it's they asked them to. Yeah, and then they did it. It's just when it, I think it. I like. I quite liked it. I thought it was like informative, and it didn't have that reverential glow around it. All of the talking heads in it were people who'd known Diana and worked mm. with her, worked for her. Um, and there was a lot of like, I was a monarchist when I went into this. Mm. And when I saw how they operate, I am not a monarchist anymore. But, Which is rare. Yeah. I, overseas listeners, if you if you maybe don't, don't get that, like people generally, it's not that bad to say that you hate the royal family and wish they were gone. But to actually have that in put in media form yeah. is very, very rare. Yeah. We only have fawning documentaries about the royal family. Yeah. Really, Even realistically. This... Cultural properties too. Yeah. Crown, Victoria, Victoria and Albert, that um, yeah. film that's coming up. It's, yeah. It's, um, it was weird because seeing things like, it's easy to forget with the reverence with which Diana's talked about this country. Yeah. That she was very stupid. Yeah, she that she was at, just she was like and it's like I'm not being mean as, about women. She was a Sloan Ranger. She was just uh, she, was she one comes of those across girls. as a bit of a thick posho. Like she wasn't like but, she did come across as she had no idea what she was getting into, and she had a kind of all this all these kind of um, these off the like off the record um, mm. shots of her. She's always like lowering her eyes coquettishly. Yeah, and like trying to do that, like it's a, a, thing that like a mom child hates. almost. It's a thing that Holly's mum hates. It was really odd because she does it in public and she does it in that that famous um, Martin Bashir interview mm. quite a lot. And she was doing it as like in real life and like in the Bashir interview, she looks like oh she's putting that on mm. in order to get a point across. Because to be fair, she was out of the royal family at that point and she needed every bit of ammunition and help. Yeah, she but she was get. doing it all her life. But yeah, this just seems like there was, she was one bit that maybe that really made me piss myself though was um. There was like I think it was her with her sons, mm. and like I think William was behind the camera, mm. and they ask, and um, he's asking her questions. Asked her like, "Why do you want to do this charity stuff?" And she just says, "Because I got nothing else to do," <laughs> which is something that I have long suspected. The the real kind of hammering um, was Charles. Um, well, yeah, he came in for he comes out quite the monster from this. Yeah, this thing. There was one point where uh, he she's recorded saying. Um, he said, I don't want to be the first Prince of Wales to not have a mistress. <laughs> Which actually, George V did not have a mistress. It's too boring. <laughs> He's that uh, was... World War One Navy guy. Uh, you know, that, okay. that one of the Saxe-Coburgs. Uh, there's one of the ones from World War One. I. I can't remember which one. I think it might have been the one who married the Nazi. Yeah. Um, and was a Nazi himself. But there was... It was at the Tower of London, and in the... the Tower of London oh, Edward this, VII. I think it might have been him, yeah. Yeah. But there's um, the Armoury part of the Tower of London they had all the different weapons of the royal family going back like under, yeah. including um, Henry VIII's last suit of armour the armour gargantuan which was gigantic <laughs> because he was so fat and it looked amazing it looked like some kind of Dark Souls it was great <laughs> but um, they had the machine gun that um, the, the, I think Edward the whatever yeah. had during World War One, and it was so gaudy 
it would make an African dictator blush. It was <laughs> gold, and it had a leopard print... Um, gold, notoriously useful for use well, was in, gold thing, plated. in things that need to get hot and <laughs> yeah. bend quite a lot. But, um, and like the, um, the shoulder bit. <laughs> showing how little I know about guns. The bit, the bit that's normally wood the on stock. a gun. The stock. Yeah. Was like leopard. You never played Call of Duty. Was like leopard print. I played a lot of Call of Duty. <laughs> just to pay attention to that shit. Um, but it's like all I could think when I saw it was, "You fucking asshole!" In World War One. Of all the places to use something like that as well. You've got People these, are cooking up rats. You've got these illiterate 14-year-olds who signed on thinking that they were going to, you know, they like lied about their age to go fight the Kaiser. And then there's you with your golden gun. We're fighting for the freedom of the British Empire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other thing that Charles said, there was like an interview with like, are you in love? Yeah. And she says, yeah. And he says, whatever love means. <laughs> There's like lots of stuff I've read about Charles about how fucked up he is. He looks like an emo- he looks like an emotionally warped coward. Yeah. Like everything about him, like there's pictures of him that have been they've been shown before. His investiture at Carnarvon. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um and he just looks like he's pissing himself the entire mm. time. Like not mm. with laughter, with like fear and boredom. Well, a mixture of angst and boredom. I told you that story I've read in that um I've forgotten the name of the writer, but it did this book about parents and how they fuck you up yeah um but there's a story about charles where his mum and dad had gone around the world yeah and so charles hadn't seen them for ages yeah and then they come back and everyone's queuing up to meet them mm. and he didn't know where to go so he he's like a little kid at this point and he joins the queue because he doesn't know how to react how to relate to his parents because yeah. he doesn't have parents that's a pretty typical aristo upbringing yeah like it, yeah um yeah, and it seems like that might have been one of the issues with Diana, because Diana was kind of, I say normal, but she was more normal than She was than more them. normal than him, and yeah. them generally. Because that, her family was quite a minor family as well. Yeah, did you see the bit where um, she knew about the, his affair with Camilla Parker Bowles, mm. and she said, I went to the top lady, and she said, what do you want me to do about it? Charles, he's just useless. <laughs> <laughs> So good. It was really good. So, like, the reaction to this um, has been... So, the, the I, the Guardian, the Times, and the Telegraph hated it. And they did that thing of whenever there's something really controversial about the royals, they say something like, oh, it's old information. It's nothing we haven't seen before. And it's I haven't like, seen it. No, specifically, I've never seen no. this level of candidness. Unsurprisingly. About, about those aspects of well, the yeah, I, royal like, I think you could have seen it on YouTube, some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to go looking for shit like that on fucking YouTube. No, no. My opinion on the royal family is pretty set in stone already. Yeah. They're all, you know, freedom won't be had until, you know, last king, last cassock. We all know it. Yeah. <laughs> we all know that lovely saying. That lovely saying we all know and love. <laughs> um, the Mail loved it. Did they? And so did the Express. Because Diana came across because as a victim. Diana. It's the weird kind of... It's one of the, the fault lines is that they still perceive the internal dynamics of the royal family as being Diana was the good one and mm. the rest of them are at best to be tolerated. Yeah. Except when, you know, it comes to questioning them on their own. Yeah. You know? She's... Oh, it's... When, when Queenie dies... Yeah. And, oh, there were some great shots of, of Queenie pulling fucking... Oh, my God, at the wedding! Looking like she's just got a mouth full of fucking vinegar. Uh, um, Charles and Diana's wedding. Yeah. I'd never seen it before. And as with most of the, the other kind of public footage, mm. you've seen images of Charles and Diana's wedding for your entire life in yeah. stereo, in full colour, all of that. 
repeated all the time. Mm. I'd never actually seen the Queen there. No. And just her face. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, she looked like she was about to just scream into a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> and I imagine she did. And I imagine she did, held by a flunky. <laughs> a pillow made of skin. <laughs> it was actually, it was nice. Like the, the documentary itself was actually, like I say, it didn't have that reverence around it it had very kind of chilling music and yeah it had, they did it was, it was almost like an adam curtis yeah, thing. i was about to say a lot yeah. of the time i was half expecting it's like and it's like and, and then diana she thought she was in love but then there was something that she didn't realize <laughs> <laughs> charles is an idiot <laughs> and a lots, of, <laughs> lots of kind of lingering shots shots of cameras kind of trying to old cameras trying to get into focus Things like that after they've gone in from the balcony from mm. waving. They're inside and kind of Charles and Diana aren't talking to each other. You can see through the windows. It was um, it was actually really good. I, sh- my girlfriend loves uh, royal documentaries. She's not a royalist mm. in any way, but she loves all programmes about the royal. She watched the Tudors like twice what, through. So watch it in the same way um, that people like Made in Chelsea. It doesn't mean they like Aristocrats. Yeah, she likes Made in Chelsea as well. Yeah. Um, but... I I will happily sit there and watch her, watch her with it because we'll talk about it and we've got endless like kind of vitriol about the royal family <laughs> and it's the thing I love it's the one thing that we can both at, I can't watch Newsnight anymore because no. I get too angry I can't watch Question Time but I can watch a royal documentary and there is no insult you can sling <laughs> at that documentary that isn't accurate and justified yeah. it's awesome you can call them it's... any word because they deserve all of it the thing is I think one of the reasons why like, what's the, what's the um, royal PR thing? Clarence House. Yes. Well, that's um, isn't that the, that's Charles's yeah bit of yeah. the yeah of um, the whole. The reason structure. they didn't want it happening is because of how horrible Charles looks, mm. and it's that thing of Charles is not liked. No. Charles is not a liked mm. person, and when Queenie dies, and she's liked, even though I see, I imagine she's probably quite a monster. The main thing that she's managed to do successfully is keep not her die. monstrous her monstrosity under wraps. Yeah. Um, but when Charles, when she dies, I reckon Charles is going to be king for like a year. Mm-hmm. And then he's just going to give it to William, who's a prick. That's the thing. I mean, I wonder what's going to come out of like William and Harry. I mean, uh, other than the stuff that's already come out, we know Harry doing the Nazis, <laughs> dressing up as a Nazi, and all that kind of stuff. It's, the thing is, it's they're it's, so well stage managed now, though, because yeah, they like Diana and Charles. Thing were not that well stage-managed. But they'd be managed like Theresa May was stage-managed, mm. in that they're only going to put them in situations where they come across looking, at the very least, boring and vaguely kind of part of the furniture. Yeah. Well, the thing is... Because that's what they've, that's the that's what they've they relied on since Diana. Yeah, it's the best they can hope for is for them to be unoffensive. Yeah. Um, doing little things like their mental health thing, which still annoys me. It's like, hey, you know, it's okay to talk about mental health issues. When I had a mental health issue, I went and saw a therapist. And it's like, yeah, you went to see a therapist that morning and you could choose any therapist in the entire world because yeah. you're a prince. Yes. Um, it's a bit different for other people. <laughs> but um, it's like, it doesn't even matter if, like, William and Harry are, are, are monsters. Yeah. My problem is they shouldn't exist. No, that station shouldn't exist. No, it's, it's, it's a stupid thing. You can see in the kind of desperation, I mean, you could probably loop um, there's like two Churchill films out this year. Oh my god! Um, there's one that's already gone. I mean, Dunkirk is. I don't know. I don't think Churchill's in it. I haven't seen it, but I don't think Churchill's in it. But there's a whole kind of spate of like World War Two and royal films coming out. Um, I don't but, need to watch a film about British cowardice, and I don't need to watch another film about Irish hater <laughs> Churchill. Um, 
there's uh, Victoria and Abdul coming out uh, later this month, I think, which is basically, do you remember that film John Brown with Billy Connolly? John Brown? John Brown, where he plays like a Scottish Highlander oh, yeah. and, like... and like gilly, gilly person who does yeah. the hunting stuff. Yeah. I've fully technically <laughs> au fait with these terms, as you can see. Um, it's just about another one of Victoria's favourites who she liked towards the end of her life. One of her favourite servants. Yes, no, like her favourite oh, Indian wow. servant. Uh, who, was a, who was a Muslim and who taught her the Quran and uh, things like that. Is and that it, when the creeping Sharia started in British society? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Queen Victoria reported creeping Sharia. <laughs> and that was when the first halal chicken was snuck into an Englishman's mouth. <laughs> For there the disease spread. <laughs> Um, no, it's just there's going to be a there's a load of kind of royal there's a royal culture industry that mm. seems to be entirely consisted of famous monarchs shouting out I don't care that he's a servant yeah. to like fussy um, British arist- uh, like fussy British government figures yeah. like, it's there's a full spectrum kind of media war going on for that which just makes me not think that the Republican cause is ever gonna is gonna gain much traction but I mean. That is all dependent on old Lizzie. Yeah, I think it will change after because her. she's the grand. Because, like, she's been the grandmother figure yeah. for d- decades. I just want more politicians doing stuff like Leanne Wood referring to her as Mrs. Windsor. <laughs> Still love her. No, I don't want that. Was revanchist, revisionist bullshit. <laughs> she should be Miss Sax Coburg Gotha. Miss. Miss, <laughs> because Philip died. <laughs> Mrs. Saxe-Coburg-Gotha. Because you don't recognise a Protestant wedding. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't sanctified in the eyes of God. <laughs> if the Pope didn't give his say-so, I don't care. Yeah. I don't recognise this <laughs> this Hanoverian line. <laughs> the last Stuart King died <laughs> in exile in France. Are there like... Are there like I bet you there's weird Catholic groups in this country, like who's. I bet there's weird Catholic groups that still think the Stuart line. There was, be, um, it was a. I think it was a, like a Scottish thing for a while because obviously yeah. the Stuarts were a Scottish uh, Catholic line, mm. um, and there were people who, yeah, I don't recognise the Hanoverian, <laughs> the Hanoverian line. I recognise the last legal like ruling monarch as uh, Charles uh, James II. <laughs> I'll just read fantasy books for your crazy stupidness. That's what I do. Just, you don't need these things in real life. <laughs> I just love the idea that like this monarch won this kingdom through warfare, but this monarch that won the kingdom through warfare, no, they're illegitimate. <laughs> they're illegitimate because the Pope didn't like them. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. It's like, yes, they might... Ordained, ordained by the wrong God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. That's us. That's us for this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, as usual, uh, yep, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, you can uh, subscribe to us, follow us on Twitter at WDTATW underscore podcast. Ooh, thank you to Real Politic for shouting oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shout I was going to mention nice. that. Yeah, they gave us a shout out. Very Fuck. nice. From the Daily Mail's most hated podcast. Yes. <laughs> to the Daily Mail's most unheard of podcast. <laughs> Podcast Soon. most what podcasting's most wanted. <laughs> I need to start saying some really inflammatory things. <laughs> We've got to make up for a lot of lost time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, you can follow me at BM Bergamo mm. and follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. Yep. Um, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. If you don't, 
leave us a review anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll just make fun of you on here. Yeah. All right. All right cheers. Bye. Bye. Since they amputated my